This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Hello everyone and welcome back to another very special episode of the Swans Cast podcast. And as I kind of uh, teased uh, last week, we are joined by a very special guest today, and that is former Swansea City manager, Kenny Jacket. So thank you very much for your time, Kenny. Really looking forward to chatting to you this evening. No problem. My, my pleasure, Luke. So I'm sure many Swans fans are aware of uh, Kenny Jacket and his history with Swans. He's obviously still still in the footballing world, very much so at the moment. Uh, managerial, st- correct me if any of this is a little bit incorrect, but as far as I can see, managerial career starting in 1996, had a little bit of a stint with Watford, um, and I went on to 2022 with Leighton Orient. And in between, there's a few clubs. We've got Watford, Swansea, Manchester City Reserves, Millwall, Wolves, Rotherham, Portsmouth and as I mentioned later in Orient and currently holding a sporting director role at Gillingham. Um, now before we get into a Swansea City uh, talk we kind of wanted to ask because that's what you're doing at the moment uh, what are the main differences then between the role you hold now to what you might have been experiencing before as a manager of a football club? Yeah the, the director of football role is more wide-ranging in the club. Uh, new owners took or new owner took uh, uh, took control of Gillingham along with uh, a guy called Brad Gallinson took control of uh, Gillingham Football Club along with Paul Scally uh, um, last Christmas and then invited me in to, 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 to yeah, be director of football and, and really advise them, you know, work hard at, at, at um, squad planning, making sure that the recruitment is right, taking responsibility for, uh, you know, for, for uh, you know, key parts of, the, of the, the football part of the club. And, and it's a as I said, quite a, a wide role in terms of the club, but one that I've enjoyed. And um, you know, with with new owners, they want to they want to learn. They want to learn. They need the contacts. Uh, they want to learn the industry. And uh, we've made good strides in the, the ten months that we've been together. Yeah. So Swansea obviously have a sporting director currently, Paul Watson, in the role. But I think. It is interesting to know the difference because I'm, I'm not sure that role's always been around in football and I think a lot of clubs are using it more and more uh, going forward. So it is interesting to see the difference and what that can bring because a lot of higher management to get involved in different decision-making, I think, as football develops as a sport. Um, little bit le- a little bit more of the introduction then, but Kenny, as a player, was a one-club man, so maybe loyalty isn't seen as much these days in football, but 337 appearances for Watford between 1980 and 1990, and I know that, that ended prematurely, unfortunately, due to injury, but also having 31 caps for Wales as well. So um, very good career, and obviously on to manager, uh, managing as well. Um, we mentioned, and everyone is aware, he did go on to manage Swansea City, I think, in first full managerial job. His record read as played 163, well, 75 of those, lost 48 and drew 40 games. So let's get started then with your time at Swansea City. 
And prior to coming to South Wales, you had a stint at QPR as assistant manager before you took over from Brian Flynn at Swansea in April 2004. At the time, I think it was called the Third Division, what we would now know as League Two for the younger listeners. So I just want to know, how did that come about? How did you come to take the Swansea City job? Well, obviously I played for Wales. All of my family were from Swansea. My mother and father left left Swansea to actually take a plane. My dad took a plane contract at Watford as they were newly married and then had their family there. So, you know, I had strong Welsh links and strong strong Swansea links in particular. Uh, so, you know, it was always an area I was around. I was something that I followed. But um, up until that point, I, uh, most, of, most of my roles in, in, in coaching had been either, either as a youth coach or as an assistant. And I think I'd spent up to, up to the point of, of getting the Swansea job, I'd, I'd spent sort of 13 years at the staff of various clubs and doing different jobs, and and, it, and I did think it equipped me very very well to be able to go into either the head coach or the manager's role, as as it's called now. And and I was very very fortunate then to to apply, uh, have an interview with Hugh Jenkins, and then be be given the job as well. So it was a you know I was very honoured at that particular time with the links that I had and the family links that I had that, that I could I could actually uh, hold down then the Swansea job. That's great. So it was a it was sort of an easy decision to come uh, to come down to Swansea. Then I uh, I didn't realise you had so many ties at the time too. To yeah, Swansea. I wanted to break into management definitely from, yeah. from being a coach, and I felt I was ready for it. That that was the thing. But obviously Swansea was was a was, was a club in an area very close to all of my family's heart. And, yeah. and, and as I said, you know, my, my mum and dad both from Swansea, all of our relatives from from that area, as they still are. So it was something that I'd followed and. You know, to be able to then get an interview and finally get the job, you know, it was a fantastic. It was a fantastic chance for me, an opportunity. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the proof is there that you were definitely ready for it as well, because you took us from where we were at the time to where we were when you we eventually left the club. But what what was the club like when you um when you got there? Was it what you expected? Because I mean, it was only the season before that we actually survived on the on the last day from falling out of the football league. So, and obviously you mentioned Hugh Jenkins as well was was quite new quite new to the club so what was what was the club like at the time was it what you expected yeah, or? it was a relatively new board uh, and as you said with Hugh Jenkins heading it and um, Brian Flynn had built a pretty good squad you know I felt I, I didn't inherit some very good players and some good people as well they're very good people um, so you know I, I came into a setup that didn't need um, I didn't think major reconstruction um, that 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 was important. Uh, we were a, a year away from moving into the new stadium, and and this was then going to be the final year at the Vetch. But we, we wanted to go into the new stadium with momentum. So you know that final year, that there was there was a little bit of pressure there, good pressure, pressure to be you know towards the top end of the league, competing if, if we could, getting promoted in the last year of the Vetch, and, and and as I said, giving us some momentum going into the new stadium, which which we achieved. Uh, but as I said, uh, Brian Flynn had, had left us a, a good squad. It, it needed work, definitely, in that particular summer. Um, but as well as that, there were some good people around. I know you mentioned that you needed a little bit of work in the squad. Can you sort of highlight any of the areas that, when you did take over, you, you thought that you needed to address and um, some of the players that you brought in to do that? Yeah, I felt we had you know, some, some very good players. We had, we had Lee Trundle there. 
we had Andy Robinson, who you know played big parts in in the development of the club. Those two, and and in terms of scoring goals, you know, uh, uh, creating goals at the top end of the pitch, you know, they they were both fantastic players. Leon Britton was there. Um, uh, uh, Kevin Nugent was there, who, who went straight away into uh, a role as as assistant manager to myself and, and helped me a lot um, as I was new to the club. And so, you know, I talk about key key people and a key person, if you like. Although on the pitch, he was he was coming away from it then and, and stepped into a coaching role. He, he he really helped me sort of hit the ground running, if you like, when I when I did come to the club. So he was a key person. But on the pitch. You know, I mentioned Trundle, I mentioned Robinson, lads like uh, Christian O'Leary. Chris O'Leary made a you know, fantastic contribution. Uh, Roberto was playing. As I said, Leon Britton was playing. We, we actually then needed we needed to, to, to make sure defensively we were a lot stronger. Uh, we brought in the likes of, of Gary Monk. Yeah. Was a, was a big signing. Sam Ricketts, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kevin Austin. Uh, Adrian Forbes gives us some physicality wide. Yeah. And, and uh, a goalkeeper called Willie Garay, who had a, a fantastic <laughs> season as well. Uh, Alan Tate was already there, and, and although he'd been a, a younger lad, if you like, was a year. So each year, Alan Tate got better, you know, in different roles, whether it be right back or, or centre back. He, he progressed and got better every year. So, you know, that was the makeup of the squad. So the, good, the, the, the big thing is when you go into a club is identifying what you have, you know, yeah. what are the strengths and, and what you need. And, and you know, Kevin Nugent, Hugh Jenkins, they, they helped me make that assessment pretty accurately to capitalise on the strengths that we had, you know, the likes of Trundle and Robinson, and, and, and to make sure that, you know, the Gary Monks and the Sam Ricketts, etc., yeah. that come in, you know, m- made sure we give those boys, boys a service and were a, a compliment to them on the field. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the names you just mentioned there, I think, especially for maybe for people in like mine and Luke's age group, they like iconic names with the club, like you said, like Trundle, Forbes, I think Forbes is probably my favorite, one of my favorite Swans players of all time. So that, that segues nicely into the next, but I was going to ask like, we eventually obviously achieved promotion away at Barry that season with Forbes scoring the, uh, scoring the winning goal. So he was heavily involved on the pitch. Um, so, and then obviously you mentioned Willie Gray as well, getting getting arrested that day as well. So what was what was that day like? Cause I think it was just a bit of a, a crazy day. So many Swans fans went to uh, Barry that day. I think it's just one one of the biggest days in the club's history, really, because we've never really looked back from that day. So what, what was that like? What was that like for you? I mean, achieving your first promotion and, and and what was the day like for you? Yeah, it was a fantastic day, and and um, as you say, the, the the momentum of the season had built up. Uh, um, uh, so many, so many supporters went. You know, the the, the turnout, the atmosphere in the, in, in the ground was was fantastic. I'm, I can just remember it going into three or four minutes of injury time. We were obviously one nil up, and, and and that that win was gonna was gonna take us up automatically. And and uh, the Swans supporters were over the barrier and yeah. actually standing on the on the touchline behind the goal on the goal line you know there was sort of a third of the pitch they were ready to run on and the referee um uh, uh, uh pushed them back a couple of times but then they crept back um i tried to run the clock down a little bit and i'd taken lee trundle off and uh, and, and um 85 88 minutes something like that and i actually sent trunds round to try to say to them look come on don't get the game abandoned or anything like that you know you have to step back so trunds gone behind the goal to say look come on guys you know another another five yards get back behind the barriers but 
in the end, the referee just, I just thought he'd had, a, he'd, he'd had enough of it, if you like, and, uh, and blew the whistle. Fantastic result. Great day, as you say, which, you know, which finished off a big achievement, you know, by the club. They set the ball rolling, getting out of League Two that particular year, and a really good mix of players. Um, I can then remember the celebrations after where, you know, um, some, some, some stewards and some policemen told Willie not to climb up onto, I think it was only on the top of the dugout or some part of the stand. Anyway, the guys, they, they were only doing their job. They were, they were telling him not to, to get up and he wanted to get up and support with us, you know, and, and, and join in with the supporters, if you like. So he, he took no notice of them and then it, it took about six of them to carry him out into the police van and uh, down down the station down the road. So, so we, we had to go and get him after. But um, yeah, what, what, it, it wasn't the best decision for him to ignore to ignore the police there. But we understand we understand why he did it. Yeah, I am is a day. There's just so many Swans fans this day remember that one in particular. Even though we've had obviously some some big days that have followed as well, I think a lot of people will still remember that and talk about. But it did uh, get the ball, ball rolling and, and it created yeah. some momentum. Um, as going into then the new stadium, it, it did give a, you know give us a lot of positivity, if you like, season ticket sales, and 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 you know as I said, there was a lot of those players there. Brian Flynn brought in, and and he was very instrumental. You know I felt because not just that there was you know the likes of Kevin ne Kevin Nugent, Richard Evans. There were, there were some good people behind the scenes there yeah. that that that, that um, contributed and and and. and you know, uh, made a you know, a real big contribution in terms of uh, uh, building the club and getting it moving in the right way. Yeah, I think some of the stuff you're talking about there is is the connect like the celebrations. I know we maybe talk about the funny side of the the stuff with Willie Gouray and and the police and all that, but the fact that those things happen and the fans get involved, I think that just describes the connection maybe the club had with the fans at the time. And you know, you you, you might not be as familiar as you were back then, but Swansea at the moment is suffering a little bit from a lack of connection with the fans. I think looking back at our history, I think those moments show exactly why and how important those things are really. Um, but your success that season didn't just stop at the playoffs. You also lifted the FAW Premier Cup trophy um, in what was the last ever match played at the Vetchfield. So another special day under your reign where you beat Wrexham 2-1. So how special was it to be in charge of the club when they said goodbye to their historic um, and iconic home ground and, of course, the North Bank as well? It was a fantastic season for me, personally. Um, just uh, the amount of family I had at every game, I really did feel the pressure. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the cousins, uh, the, the family, the, the friends, and as as you... As I said, you know, we we got the momentum going. The crowd got right behind the players. There's a good connection. Whenever you are successful, and, and a, a lot of focus is on is on managers now, but it's, it's, it's and, and boards of directors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, the big connection is between the fans and the players. If if, if ever you can create that one, then you, you are you are in for success. If if the crowd enjoy, and then one one feeds off the other, and and, and it did that 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 um, particular season building up to as you you know as we've said earlier uh, a promotion which is always hard to get it got the ball rolling uh, we wanted to then you know w win that particular cup that you, you, you're talking about it was the last ever game at the Vetch which was you know a, a fantastic place to, to, to play football the North Bank generated a, a great atmosphere 
all of the time and you know you know we had to we had to go into that game and make sure we did we could do the job and and, and we finished off the season strong and win that particular cup and and, and sign off with a veteran with a with a win over Wrexham so it was a real big win for us I can remember at the end obviously the celebrations there was some celebrations for the season if you like but obviously yeah. people taking cutting parts of the turf out um, taking seats home um, it's crazy up to the dressing room and all, all the kit was gone the, the training kit out the back room was gone um, the, the, the youth team footballs every single thing would you know people were, were taking mementos from from, from, from everywhere and um, as I said, you know, it signed off the stadium in a great way. I think if anyone has got a memento, just let us know in the comments below. Yeah, I've got, I've still got my, uh, I've still got my seat in uh, in the house somewhere. It's still, it's still there, and I've got uh, a bit of turf that was, you know, planted in the garden, and it's still there. And you meet people over the years now, and they say, "Oh, I've got, I've got this sign, and I've got this, I've got so there's bits of the veg dotted all around Swansea, I think, just in people's <laughs> houses." But uh, no, it was, uh, I forever miss the. Uh, Mr. Vetch, it was uh, it was was a special place to go on. Uh, and the North Bank, you know, when you got it going, uh, oh, the yeah. North Bank to generate the exact, you know, hundred percent the right reasons and, and the new stadium, yeah, great, you know, the right the right decision and a great decision and and, and the club needed that. But as I said, you know, the the, the, the stadium did need a send off and it got one that year. Oh yeah, definitely. It was a it was it was a brilliant send off. Was it? Um, did you find that it was? And you mentioned there was a sort of an added pressure that it was the last. Um, the, you know the last season at the Vesh, it was kind of a bit of pressure that we had to kind of be successful that season but was it was it a distraction for like for the players day to day in training because I, I just remember the run into that season it was like oh it's the last you know it's the last game under the lights it's the last three o'clock game it's it was something every week it was the last whatever it was at the Vetch. was that a distraction or was it kind of business as normal as the as the season went on no it give it, it it wasn't a distraction definitely it gave the the whole thing and the whole season an edge um, the club had momentum, or was building up momentum pretty quickly, and um, every player and every every person wanted to be a part of that. And and so you know, if if there was any pressure, it was a good pressure, and uh, you could you could feel the enthusiasm in 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 the stadium, but in in, in the city, um, uh, driving everybody on, and the repl- that the players then responded very well. So I know you've already spoke about some of the players that are iconic. Um... In, in that first year and brought in by maybe Flynn, but really important to you. Andy Robinson, one of those players, he scored the last ever goal at the Vetch and he was definitely a fan favourite during during his time at the club. Um, some of the others include Martinez, as you mentioned, Gary Monk, Leon Britton, uh, Lee Trundle, Alan Tate. I'm just wondering, have you got any stories from any of those players in particular that um, you know the fans would love to hear? Like Leon Britton, for example, he ended his career in a much different role to maybe what was um, he was used as during your time. So how important were those players and is there any moments that stand out in your memory from them? Yeah, they were, they were ter- ter- terrific players. And as you said, Leon was brought in his, his initial days. I can remember him back before Swansea at West Ham where he'd been uh, um, an England youth player as a central midfield player, was then moved wide and, and played wide right for quite a number of years in, in a wide right position, probably dovetailing with Forbes uh, slightly at that time, before then coming inside and really dominating, you know, got it got then through to uh, um, probably, you know, when once you guys got in the championship, etc, etc. He really, I did think, coming to his own in central midfield 
and, yeah. and ended up being you know a fantastic player uh, uh, for uh, for Swansea. You know, one one of the best Swansea players definitely, and in that central midfield role, uh, could really dominate and, and, and was fantastic on the ball. Yeah, he definitely was outstanding and so important in our role. As well, it was... top, top, top person, you know, in terms of Real Britain was, a, you know, uh, uh, matured and developed into, you know, a real leader uh, uh, at Swansea, and he, he was yeah. quite young when 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 I was there, but um, and 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 a, and a very good professional as well. But but also then as he matured, he, you know, he developed into a leader and, and you know had a fantastic career and massive contribution to Swansea. He's still here now. He still he still lives in the city, I believe, and you know he's had contributions elsewhere around the city after not being a player anymore. So I'm sure he's still got more to give uh, before you know he maybe his time is up at, at doing anything associated with football. I'm sure we'll see a lot more of him. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you will, and, and you know he loves he loves the place. I've seen him. At, you know, there's been a few dues that some get-togethers. Yeah. Uh, charity games or whatever he can, he can still play. By the way, you know he's doing, <laughs> yeah. doing a little bit with the um, the twenty ones a year or so back, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. As well, you know, joined him with with Chris Chris O'Leary, but um, yeah, fantastic servant and and, and uh, loves Swansea City. Yeah. Um, so uh, well, that's the um, that's that's the closing of the Vetch. Then sadly, we uh, the Vetch shuts down and uh, we move into the new stadium. I just it's quite interesting because it's, it's you know it's quite rare. Um, you know, teams don't move stadiums that that often these days. So, what's that? What's that like as a manager? So, especially how different the the new stadium is compared to what the Vetch is. It's kind of two different worlds, isn't it? So, what what was like that leading into that first season? How does that uh, differ as a manager trying to lead? Uh, you know, it's almost like a new club um, in in that new stadium. So, what was that like for you? Was that was that a challenge? It was great for the. It was great for me. Uh, great for myself and the players. I can remember. Going pretty early on in, in in my first year, the the last year at the Vetch, going and you know it was nearly built and just signed a you know, lad called Bayoak in Fenwa, and, and you know again big contribution up front with Trundle that particular year, Robinson wide one side uh, as well, you know so myself and, and Bayo went went quite early putting the hard hats on, you know seeing it develop and all, all, all you want then is a as the manager, as a coach, as a player, is to be is to be part of that. Once you're going forward, and and you know, both of us got that opportunity that next season to be able to do that. Uh, 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 Bayer quite early on had some some, some injuries, some, some injuries to his shin that kept him out for quite a long while. Uh, but um, you know, he, he, he did he did start off in in the new stadium and, and and did very well. And again, you know, one of the players that made a big contribution. On and off the pitch, but say, say for myself though, you know, it, it took the whole thing to another level. It felt more professional, and and uh, 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 was you know really uh, equipped the club, if you like, to be able to you know move up the leagues, which it did. Uh, that first year, there was a lot of momentum. Uh, we got into you know got into the got into the playoffs. Un- unfortunately, you know, lost on pens to Barnsley, and and um, you know it, it was very very close to being. You know, two promotions in in in, in two years, uh, and we certainly gave it a good go. Yeah, I'll, we'll we'll probably come back to that pro- the the playoff experience against Barnsley in a second. But I just wanted to ask about some of the maybe the signings that you had. I know you mentioned Akin Fenwa, so Trundle maybe was seen as um, the star man up front. I think. But going up the leagues, I'd imagine you need a bit more firepower. So we saw Akin Fenwa come in. We saw Rory Fallon, uh, Leon Knight, and obviously other players across the team. 
have you got any stories you've just told us about Rakin Fenema and he's definitely an instrumental character in Swansea and in the wider football spectrum now as well. I think he's quite iconic uh, for what he's put out to the football community. So from the other guys that you might have brought in in that uh, first season then of the Liberty as well, have you got any others that stand out for you? Yeah, as I said, you know, Rakin Fenema came out of non-league and we, we and I say we as a, as a club, gave him an opportunity to come, you know, from non-league and and, and establish himself as a league player, um, and and uh, it was a chance that he took despite uh, some injury problems, you know, with his with his shins in the latter part of his of, of his career. You know, talk about uh, Trundle though. Trundle was a star player. Um, he could he could turn the game. Lee, he he was uh, reliable uh, to, to to score a high amount of goals during the course of the season. He'd have some quiet games. But even in those quiet games, you would still think as a manager that um, he could still uh, pull a goal out of out of nowhere, you know. So he, he was a big player, a very big player for us. And you know, I mentioned Trundle and Robinson, but you know they were right up there in terms of you know players being able to do that. Uh, 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 Gary Monk, I think, was you know fantastically. You know, we talk about Britain, but Gary Monk, I thought, was fantastically consistent as well, and. and He'd been at Southampton before he before he joined us. He'd been at Southampton and just constantly out on loan and hadn't really felt found a home, if you like. And I think we we signed him from Barnsley, where again he'd gone he'd gone there uh, short term. Uh, we, we 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 brought him in, and it was interesting to see, like Leon Britton, how he developed with the club and went yeah. right the way through. But in those early days, you know, he really helped us in terms of being able to play out. Being able to pass out, but then, you know, being a, a a player that played every 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 game and was a very very solid and reliable defender, and then on past my time, you know, went on to you know form a fantastic partnership. I thought with with Ashley Williams, but you know, yeah, he, he hit the ground running, and and I think really, you know, going into the new stadium and, and the higher standard of football, I, I think Gary was one of the ones that responded the best. And and that particular season, just going into the new stadium, you know, he's, he's is you know is a is somebody that really matured during that period, and contributed very well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've, you've touched on some of the players. I think, like you said, that that the time that you were at the club, I think, is probably one of the most iconic. I think, like you said, Britain Monk is, you know, they were there for a long time, and it did set the, you know, it did set the ball rolling in where the you know where the club did did end up, and you know we were fairly successful on on that basis and moving to the stadium, but. I remember the the firepower we had that season. I mean, one game that really, still to this day, really sticks in my head is when we beat Bristol City at home seven one. I remember that was that was a special day. Do you, is that is that one that still sticks in uh, in your mind? Is there any other games that kind of eclipse that, or is that still one of one of the top games? No, it's one of the top games. Kevin McLeod got a hat trick yeah. uh, from from the left wing. Who, Started very very well, and and there's there's a number of players there that you know made an impact, and it was a, a, a part of their journey, if you like. Kevin would be one of them. Bayo Akinfem would would be part of them. The other guys that we've just talked about, uh, and and some some you know uh, big personalities there. You know, Roberto Martinez, Kevin Nugent, uh, Chris O'Leary, um, Richard Evans. You know, some of those in the spotlight, some just behind. You know, a lot of those people made made big contributions on and off the field. Not only just you know where, where you, as as we talked about some real iconic players there, um, but uh, there was a lot of very very good people there as well, and and Hugh Jenkins was good at that. You know I felt his his, his judgment and his trust of people was was a, was a strength of his, 
and and you know he, he employed and kept around you know a number of people that um, you know were very very strong at that time. Just on Hugh Jenkins, then, while you've mentioned him, how how was he at that period? Like in terms of working with him, um, I guess for you at the time you were a new manager coming to one of your first jobs, and uh, maybe it was one of your first experiences dealing with a chairman, and he was also quite a new chairman. So compared with what you might have had to deal with in your later jobs, um, how was it to work with Hugh Jenkins? Does it is he different to other chairman or quite similar in regards to what he does, or does it feel a little bit more localised here at Swansea? Because he came in, I think it's fair to say, um, as a fan, I guess, into that role. Yeah, he did. And, and the, the one thing about uh, Hugh, Lee Denny, uh, people like that, they, they wanted somebody round about their own age that, that they could work with at that yeah. time. That was, that was part of the remit, if you like. And and while, you know, they maybe wanted to, uh, uh, some knowledge and knowledge of players, knowledge of players in and around, let's say, the English leagues that could help us, um, they knew Swansea very, very well. And I felt they knew the club very well. And, and what would work and what would work with the supporters. And um, a big focus of theirs was was getting to the new stadium, making sure the facilities were upgraded, um, something they did right the way through, not just with with, with, with the stadium that, 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 that uh, Swansea are in now, but, you know, the advancement of the training facilities. And, yeah. and you know, so they, they were really big into those things, making sure that the whole club was as professional as possible and every area improved. And, yeah, they did have, they, they had, they had uh, opinions on the pitch, definitely. You know, there's no doubt about that. But they were very good in terms of uh, uh, judging people, judging uh, um uh, people that were honest, that wanted to work, but also they knew uh, um, that they needed a better infrastructure at Swansea to be able to you know, move up the leagues and stay there, which which is something that they uh, they, they did get that judgment right. They, they were, let's say, a group of supporters, but you know, supporters with with the club at heart and and uh, yeah. knew what it took to be successful at, at Swansea. Well, they did that all the way up, I think, to the Premier League, and I'd even say one of Hugh Jenkins as chairman's lasting legacies is what he left the club in terms of his infrastructure, the infrastructure, the money that was spent wisely when we got to the Premier League to leave us in a place better for the long term, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. And you're looking for, you know, where they, you know, where they, where they took the club from when we nearly went out of, nearly went out of the league. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, we, we sort of experienced, you know, when I went into Gillingham, at, uh, at Christmas time, we were six points off the bottom of the league, and uh, you know it's it's difficult to get back out. There's a there's, there's a cycle, and you know to, to bounce back from from going out of League Two into in, into the National League is that, that's a tough one. So you know Swansea avoided that. They took they picked up the club when it was needed. A lot of people may have left it alone at that period. Yeah. You know it might have been difficult, and and yeah. you know, as you say, you know they 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 built it stage by stage, and. You know, one way or another, produced a, 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 a time in a time in Swansea's history that'll never be forgotten. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think you, you, I just want to pick one up there. You mentioned there about um, Hugh Jenkins. You know, they had they had an idea about uh, what was going on on the pitch as well. I think at the moment there's a lot of lot of fans that are. Um, you know, sort of desperate for us to be playing a certain way, and you know, calling it the Swansea way, and they they really want to see us play a certain style of football. Was that was that something that was challenge to you at the time from the from the chairman and from the board? Were they were you sort of asked to play a certain style of football, or was it, you know, a result purely results at the time? 
yeah, uh, um, definitely moving from the vets to the um, uh, to the new stadium, if you like, was was something that did need to be developed and 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 changed and and uh, uh, past post me past the let's say the the, the Barnsley season where we lost uh, uh, on, on penalties in the final. Uh, the next season, then after myself, you know, Roberto picked that up very very well. Again, somebody that that, that, that knew the club had his own ideas in terms of you know what was needed at that time people like tate and britain were gary monk you know, as we as we said before were maturing nicely um they signed and signed jason scotland in that in that summer as well which was a, quite a big signing in terms of you know uh, um a, a player in the 433 that play up front on his own so the club kept evolving and and, and kept developing and yeah i do think qr was adding his mind but he, you know that four-three-three blueprint. He, he, he wanted to play. It, it was a challenge for myself, definitely, to be able to uh, um, evolve that because you can't. You you need the players certainly out the back, out from the back. You need the players to be capable both in possession, but then still be good enough defenders. And there and 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 there were people like Alan Tate and Gary Monk that developed into that. Sam Ricketts, you know, very very good and, and can both defend and could play. And then, as I said, you know, beyond myself. With people like Ashley Williams, they they added brilliantly to, to to keep the whole thing moving. Yes, it's interesting to see how how the club did evolve during that period, and and obviously Martin has taken over as well after you continued the success. Um, and you mentioned the Barnsley playoff final there, and again we're going to get to that in a second. But you did actually win some silverware again that season in your second year at the club. Uh, two pieces of silverware, in fact, defended the FAW Cup, I believe, against Wrexham again by the same scoreline, if I'm correct, 2-1. It seems to be a theme in the Cup finals. And also mm-hmm. beat in uh, Carlisle United in the Johnson's Paint Trophy at the time, I believe it was called, yeah. Um, yeah. in the final as well, another 2-1 victory. So the highlight for that, for me, was Lee Trundle scoring a stunning volley, um, which I think has given Swans fans some def- definitely some amazing memories to remember from your period. Um, also providing the assist for Adebayo Akinfenwa's winning goal in that match. Um, Adebayo Akinfenwa actually went on to call it the best day of his life at the time in an interview that I was reading uh, from back then. So how was that day for you? It was a, it was a fantastic day. That, that competition builds up. And, and But by the time you're in and around the, the semi-finals and and, and and then the final, you think, come on, we've got to win this. You know, yeah. we, we have to win this. The, the, the support builds up. It's, it's a one-off day. And, um, you know, us going on and win that was terrific. There is a wider picture. I do wonder whether those those two cup competitions, uh, uh, did, it, did it actually help us in terms of the league? Yeah. You know, it brings more games. It brings... More fatigue brings more injuries. You know, was that the case? You do, you do wonder that along the way. You, you know, it's, it's definitely something of of what I, I, you know, I've thought about. But you still can't take away the the feeling on that day of, of, of winning and, and and the atmosphere in the stadium and and the support after being you know being so fantastic. So you, know, you, you, you have to take it. You have to take it for what it is. Yeah, and you mentioned. Um, maybe the momentum or, or maybe the fixture congestion from the extra competitions, did that actually help you? That's something I was going to ask because obviously you came up, you carried that momentum forward, you spoke about it, the new stadiums, a lot of momentum around the club. Um, so to do so well and get yourself after the promotion into a position where you're going for another promotion, I believe you were top around Christmas on New Year's Day, actually top of the league. So maybe them competitions didn't help because you ended up falling into a playoff uh, battle 
which ultimately, as we know, you went to Barnsley in the final at the Millennium Stadium and fell to defeat um, to them on penalties. Now, I know Akin Fenwa and Alan Tate were the two that potentially didn't convert as well as in training in the penalty shootout. Um, so just around that day and that final, you spoke a lot about the momentum. How how did this affect it? Was it was it a big disappointment? Was it difficult to kind of move on from and pick players up after that? How did that affect the momentum in terms of where you were going at that time as a club? The following season. No, the the well, yeah, yeah. So going into the following season, but the day itself, how did you how did you deal with the defeat on in the playoff final? Yeah, it was it was difficult. Um, uh, I did feel we were the better side. You know, yeah. we, we 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 were the, we were the, it, it was obviously. You know, it was, a, it was it was obviously a tie, but we were decided pushing to to win the game, and Barnsley were like really hanging on for penalties, and that's that that was the the, the, the nature of it. Um, you know, then you look back as a manager and you're looking at maybe one or one or two substitutions could they have helped us? Could they have helped us gain a little bit more control? You know, you yeah. always those those things always run through your mind slightly. But you still then, you know, after after everything, you know, you can't take away the fact that you, we, you know, we'd won a lot of games that season. Once, you know, once once the dust settles, you, we've won a lot of league games. We'd won a lot of cup games. But but ultimately, you you, you do feel like you've you've lost. You know, you've fallen at the last hurdle. And and getting over then, a, a, you know, a playoff defeat under those circumstances can can be difficult. And, and yeah. You know, no doubt about that. That, that that's that, that's the way it is, and we were very close. But um, <clears throat> I'm very proud though of the season. When I look back, you know, I do feel that uh, yeah, the actual cup competitions did you know did did, did they help us? I don't know. Uh, but um, uh, being able to get over disappointments is a big part of football and how you handle that because disappointments will, will come whether it's at the top end if you like, you know where where um, you know you, you you're losing on penalties in a in, in, in a playoff final or you know or. Or maybe a relegation, if you like, you know, and picking yourself up the next year. Getting over that is is a, you know, a really important one and a big one. Yeah. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week, you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Can't make the away day? Just get yourself comfortable Load up Swans TV, grab your phone and order a mug delivery. Away days at home never tasted so good. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking at the end. But I think when you um, when you kind of step back and look at it, I mean, you know, I remember, I remember being devastated on the day as well it's just such a, such a cruel way to, to to lose a playoff final but then when you look back at it now you think we're only 
you know, with everything, like you said, even with all the extra competitions, we're only a penalty shootout away from, you know, back-to-back promotions, um, two cups that season. So I think, you know, what a fantastic season that was. I think, you know, we can't really, can't complain too much. You know, we would have, we would have loved to have gone up at the time, but um, yeah, I think it was, you know, an amazing, amazing season. That one, that one in particular did that. Um, so going, just going back a bit to what, what Luke touched on, is it, does that have an effect in the way you lose the playoff final? Does that have an effect going into next season? Is it is it hard to to pick the players up and the and, and the club after that? Yeah, I think what what changes is that the atmosphere slightly changes. You know, you you start in next year because I talk about the connection between the players and the supporters, and and you know there's there was a little bit of a lull at the start of the next year with with, with the players, a little bit more pressure on the manager definitely, um, yeah. whether you like it or not. That's that's modern day football. You have to you have to understand that you know. Then you're going into the the third year, if you like. And yeah. I was going into my third year, and and you know if you in 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 that role, I mean, I in in my career, I was at Millwall for six years. I was at Swansea for three years, Wolverhampton three years, and Portsmouth three years. So that's you know they're, they're quite long stints in there. In, in in the shelf life of a manager stroke head coach, aren't they? Yeah, it's yeah. just what it is. It's just it naturally builds up, and you know, and and, and definitely that, that over that summer and then the start of the next, there was a little bit of a lull that the, I think the players could feel, and and the, you know the positivity of the crowd w- w- wasn't quite there, and and then it is our job to build that up again during that course of that season. You know, that's 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 where it is because as as much as you want the crowd to to to, to drive you on and pick and pick you up it is really your job one as a manager and two as the players to be able to then you know, generate the performances and the control in the game that, that can you know build the season up very very quickly it does need to be top two top three round about that next year then in yeah. terms of standards but because as i say you know it naturally builds up it it, it it did build up you know around about sixth or seventh was just about okay that's about where it that's about where it where it is and and you know uh, uh, hence that was summed up the next season yeah i was gonna say maybe the fact that you had such good times and success since you've been at the club get to the back-to-back um playoffs so or you got the promotion they got the promotion again the, the fan expectations maybe all of a sudden have, have gone to a level that they weren't at before and i guess if you're not quite matching that does it just make the job that that extra hard did you feel that pressure from maybe the fans especially you you do yeah definitely you 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 feel you know what the um uh, uh you know what the fans feel definitely a hundred percent you do you're, you're looking at the side and you know is the side was the side quite as good as it had been last year you know were you know certain people as on form did you need to just move it on slightly as well and and, and also there'd be certain players in some you know a little bit of a transition if you like so you know all, all of those things are a part of keeping the momentum going and and the managers can do that uh, you know a brilliant at it they're very successful the managers at the top can do that you know alex ferguson could do that he could, he, yeah. he could you know, could maybe finish second or third in the Premier League uh, one year, and then the next year win it again. You know, with the right decisions and be able to yeah. to do that. And it's, it's a it's a it's a tough part of management. It's a it's a big part. And we got caught a little bit in between. You know, in terms of the next year and while we were always in touching distance, if you like, you know, we 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 did have ambition to be 
um, you know, a championship club, and and rightly so as well. You know that that that, that was the ambition, and, and as I said, you know, three years as a as a head coach or a manager these days is a is is, is a good innings. It definitely is a good innings. Um, and you said about the ambitions to get to the championship, and you signed some players that helped after you had left to get there eventually. One of those was Darren Prattley, who signed that season, and I know he went on to captain the club as well. Um, so how important was he in your plans? And obviously he took over what one of the previous captains, Roberto Martinez, um, was a fan favourite and he moved on. Um, was that a difficult situation to manage as well? Yeah, um, uh, Darren was, was, was very young when we signed him from Fulham. And um, again, m- matured well and, and pretty quickly at Swansea. You know, very, very well uh, um, uh, for, for Roberto, who made, a, you know, as a player, a real big contribution in the promotion season. And he did, as the, the, the team got more athletic, um, you know, we needed more athleticism in the, mid, in the middle of the field with it. You know, the guys like Darren Prattley were, as, as, as always happens, were coming up. Leon Britton was establishing himself as well, you know. And the midfield just did need to be more dynamic, you know, past... Um, uh, players like uh, Roberto, players like uh, like like Chris, that uh, made big contributions in in getting the club there. Uh, uh, for Darren, anyway, he was he was somebody that um, you know again, you know, along with the the, the, the lads like Gary Monk, um, matured with the club and developed with the club, and as you say, then went on to uh, have a real successful period at the club. When he first when he first came, he was all energy and and, and, and pretty leggy with it. You know, his, his, his game developed, his control developed, um, standard of his passing, um, you know, made him pretty quickly, I think, uh, uh, a very popular player and a fan's favourite. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, like I said, it's amazing how many players that we, you know, that, that came into the club at that time actually stayed for such a long time and had such a big influence on Well, on he scored the in the championship and in the playoff fire semi. And yeah. developed with the club, though. You know, yeah, as, as exactly, the club yeah. improved, you know, and as the club, as the team evolved, because it did evolve, it evolved, it evolved, it evolved better through through quite a number of managers. And I think Hugh saying to me that I was probably one of the longest serving, I think, or at three years. You know, <laughs> yes, it's, I, know it's, it you know, I think it was, you know, and in, in the journey through to the, uh, um, you know, to the Premier League, and then the early years in that, I think you know I was I was one of the longest serving with three years, but you know it, it kept evolving. Uh, the players through maybe two or three coaches or managers uh, 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 kept improving and, and, uh, and went with the club. And, you know, it's, it's, the, um, it's the mark of a successful club and, 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 and side that can do that. Yeah. So, um, well, moving on from that, unfortunately, then you, um, you obviously resigned from the role at the Swans. Um, so I think, like we've sort of touched on, I think it's, it's sort of been a victim of your success, really, because where we where we were when you, you took over to where we were when you left, I think is, I don't think anybody can argue that it was a successful, successful run. Um, so I just, I'm just interested to hear if you've got anything to share about what, what actually made you decide to, to step down from the role. Was it a bit, you know, a bit of pressure from the fans or just, just, just other factors, just interested to see why, why you ended up uh, leaving the club? Yeah, you do feel sometimes you've taken it as far as you can. And, and obviously then, you know, the relationship, the relationship with the board, um, those guys had been very, very good to me. You know, the likes of Hugh Jenkins and everything were, you know, were, were, were excellent to, to myself. And, and, and then there is times where you, you need a new challenge and, and so does the club. 
and, and yeah. you know, it's quite quite often the obvious thing. However, however it happens, whatever you call it. Uh, but, um, you know, Hugh, Lee, Denis, people like that, they were very, very good to me, on professionally and personally, and, and, and were and have been even since I've, I've left. Uh, it would be fantastic if, you know, the, the role of a manager could could go on to have several cycles at one club. But but it isn't, you know, there's a, yeah. there's a cycle to it. And, and if there's a lull for maybe a year or 18 months while the next crop are developing or the side is gelling, um, you know, inadvertently there's at least one change and, and yeah. that's 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 modern day football so i accepted that um i i've got to say i thoroughly enjoyed my three years uh, the people i worked for there were very very good to me um, I, you know, I do um, appreciate that and always always then going back uh, or, or coming across the swansea supporters as i've done many times um you know since since i've left there's been fantastic appreciation for part of the journey or the leg of the journey, if you like, that I played, and I'm very proud as well to say, you know, for, for some small part, I played a part in a in the development of a great club, and um, you know, for myself, it, it established it established me as a as a manager as opposed to yeah. a coach, and and you know that was a big step for me. I'm a family as well, and and it was it was Hugh that gave me that opportunity because you know I'd, I'd, I'd established myself as a coach. And, and felt that I could get coaching jobs, which I, which I did. But you know that that took me then to be able to get, you know, other jobs and and, and um, other jobs and other promotions and, and uh, um, in, into an, uh, another role there that um, you know I had to learn and learn quickly. But you know, one that I, I could build a career on. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I I think it's a, a great period, and I'm not I'm not just saying this obviously because you've come on uh, on the podcast, but I think it was one of the, you know a, a major major factor in where the club ended up. So I think you've, you you did play a massive role in that. I mean, like, like we touched on, you've got the club from where it was at the time where you took over to where it was when you left. I think is a massive 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 influence somewhere on on the success of the club today. I know you've obviously talked about Hugh Jenkins as well, but. Um, you in particular as well played a massive role in that. So um, I just said, guess thanks from from the from a fan's perspective, and it was an enjoyable time as a as a Swans yeah, fan, no doubt. The supporters have been fantastic to me all down the years, and you know many times, and I do go, go back see family, you know, a, a, a lot, and um, you know they've always been very very good. But you know that 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 period from from Brian who signed some key players to myself to then you know Roberto really breaking through in terms of. You know, it's a big breakthrough to then get into the top leagues, if you like, you know, away from the, from the you know, and, and be able to take it on. And I don't know if he was there, maybe two, two and a half years, uh, Roberto. But then Something he, like he that, did, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah he did. But he, I, I think what he did in that time, you know, again, he, 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 he took the good parts that he'd, that he'd been left. You know, he didn't he didn't um, knock it all down, if you like. He, he added and... and you know, might have been Kevin Reeves in terms of the signings as well. You know, there were some key signings that added to, you know, what we'd done and the players that we had. Lee had moved on then. I think Lee Trundle moved on to Bristol yeah. in, in, in pre-season one year, which which was potentially difficult. But I thought that, yeah. you know, at, at, at the time they, they dealt with that very, very well. And the, and the, and the club and the, the, the side went from strength to strength through that. So, you know, yeah, it, it evolved again and, uh, and, and and kept moving. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, there's currently a vacancy if you fancy doing it all again. 
I'm uh, uh, all, all of my work now, all of my job yeah, is, is towards um, uh, working on the recruitment side. Um, yeah, and, and there's somewhere I'm going to stick now. Going back to the uh, the dugout isn't something I'm going to do, but uh, yeah, anywhere where I can help um, in the wider picture of the club, uh, and in particular the recruitment is, uh, is 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 where I see. But I've got to say though that Swansea is always a club that I make sure two or three times a season I see them, you know, and I watch yeah. and 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 enjoy doing it, and I always I always follow the club. Not not just uh, first team, but then below that as well, because you know there's several players in terms of twenty uh, ones and youth t- and youth sides. Um, the development of the, uh, of the of the training ground 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 plural, uh, and and you know watching how that that's gone on, and and you know for, for for this next stage, if you like, where they go now, you know I'll, 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 I'll be I'll be keen and I'll be interested. Yeah, well, we're gonna we'll talk a little bit about current Swansea in a second. I just want to maybe close up uh, your time at the club and just ask. Um, okay, so you had a successful time in the club. We know that we're fully aware of it. But now you've had a lot more experience in other managerial jobs. When you reflect and look back, do you think there's anything you might have done different, or any opportunities missed, maybe, or you, or do you think maybe no, as it was, it was important for my career and. I learned a lot from from how it happened. Was there anything you would have changed if you could go back now? Into the Swansea role? Um, when you were at Swansea, yeah. Yeah, into the Swansea role. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe um, uh, uh, been a, a bit sharper on the recruitment. You know, I think that's very, very important as as, as with any... You know, I, I went in with a real clear picture of, of um, you know, all of the players, all the players that we needed, really. And, um, you know, yeah maybe the development of the recruitment side um, needed to be better. So, that we, you know, you need to be one step ahead in recruitment. Yeah. And I remember Hugh, Hugh telling me, it was after I'd gone, but he did say, you know, to me, good scouting can, can be up to two years ahead. And with the contractual situations, it's actually it's actually true. It can be up to that period. Now, you know, if you told supporters that, that that's very difficult. Yeah. But, but in essence, it is a long game. You know, it is a lot. You know, it's, there'll be the odd one where it's there, bang, you do it. You know, and and, and that's great. And the, the contractual situation falls in, but a lot of the time with your targets, you have to play a patient game. And, and you know, Swans have been very good at that over the years and through Hughes' time, he did that. And and so yeah, uh, uh, making sure you put you put building blocks in place uh, because the time goes pretty quickly in terms of then you know the summertime comes around and you need to really shape that squad and make it stronger. Yeah, um, I think just to make that an example, you say Swansea do it very well. I can relate to the fans here and say, obviously, this summer we signed someone called Josh Key, who we've been linked with for several transfer windows uh, previously. Maybe he didn't want to pay a fee, but we managed to get him this summer then uh, when he's when he's run his contract down from Exeter. Um, and he's been actually a really important player for us. So it still goes on today. Done well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's done fantastic. But yeah, that, that would be um, a great time then to maybe move on to the current situation at Swansea and there's some similar themes that we've discussed I think um, maybe towards the end of your reign where the pressures change and impacts of the fans at the moment Michael Duff obviously you know he's he's been um, moved on from Swansea at the moment unfortunately we're in a situation that we wouldn't choose to be in if um, if we could choose as fans but the fans in general were quite vocal about displeasure about the the playing style and I think a lot of what the frustrations 
are of the fan base have been heard by the board and has ultimately resulted in a decision or had an impact in making that decision, whether it came sooner than it would have otherwise, I'm not sure. There's obviously other factors. I just want to know from a manager's side, like, does, does have you ever had experience of this to that level in other jobs? So when you've seen it with other managers, do, do you look at it and think, oh, that's quite a difficult situation to navigate? Like, how does that affect you as a manager when you hear or see fan bases getting so disconnected, if you like, um, to, to the club and maybe what they're seeing? Yeah, I think you you have to accept it. This is yeah. part of the industry. We loves it. it. It moves quickly. I mean, you, you know, the, the old one's always been. If you look at the uh, the team photo at the start of a season, and then you look in two or three years' time, and so many people change. It's always been has been that way. You know, it's certainly yeah. Um, you have to accept that it's it's, it's ever changing. So as a manager, you know, it's not it's not a great part of it. It is, it is a part of it, and, and Swansea are in that transition now. And, and again, only from the outside, I don't know uh, the people uh, well. Met, met them definitely, but but wouldn't profess to know them. But I do think from the outside, they'll go back to to a passing style, a modern yeah. style. There's lots of coaches in in the lower divisions that um, play that. There's lots of coaches that are working as number twos and number threes either in the Premier League or in some of the the, the, the um, top leagues around Europe that that, are, that can play that style and and do it effectively, you know, and with winning football. And I do think that uh, the board at Swansea will, you know, will have a short list and appoint a manager that has that outlook on the game. And, you know, and that's that's what the Swansea crowd want and uh, yeah. do that's that's uh, what the board are going to go for this time. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's, it's it's one thing that we we can't really criticise um, the the board for. Really, is is the managerial appointments. I mean, even looking back at your appointment, we never seem to, uh, you know, from my time, we haven't had any you know particularly bad managers or unsuccessful managers. We seem to appoint managers who are hungry for the opportunities, like yourself as a an assistant at QPR, and I think you know we've we've been linked with. Um, with a few managers, I think there's a few like Luke Williams at Notts County and Chris Davis, who's a coach at, um, at at Spurs at the moment. So I like the way that we sort of that we look at different managers and give good opportunities to young, hungry managers. So I think that's it's a it's a good way of uh, it's a good way of looking at it. Um, it is, and also as well, if you if you can put the structure in place that can help those guys to you know do what they do best and to focus. And the focus on the team, focus on the on the games coming up, and 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 a lot of the structure and the work around them, you know, you you, you can put in place so that their, their concentration can be one hundred percent, and you can have a successful period. And as you say, a lot of enthusiasm and hunger out of it. They, they'll they'll they will, I think, go back to that, go back to a, a playing style, and work hard to try to get that connection between you know, the players on the pitch and and, and on the terraces. Uh, um, there, you know, there's been some years now in the in, in in the championship and you know everybody will want Swansea to be competing at the top end yeah yeah I think um just I just touch on the uh just a quick one on the on the on the current squad for you I know that you're sort of you're obviously into the sort of recruitment side of it now and you've mentioned that you've sort of looked at um you know especially the under 21s and the and the academy and the in the Swans at the moment I'm not sure how much um I'm not sure how much you can show your hand here but is there anyone uh is there anyone in particular in the 
in the academy ranks or under twenty ones that that stand out for you at the moment in the in the Swans? I think there's I think there's several. I don't want to necessarily put a pressure on those guys. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. He's gonna he's gonna give the targets away now. Yeah, <laughs> I do I do think there's there's good players there. There is there's good there are good players there. As ever, they'll need the right senior pros when they do come into the team because it never just is about those young players. It's what they come into, and and as much as you know, good players they need good people to come into and good senior pros that can both deliver on the pitch, but are good enough people off the pitch to guide them in the right way. Uh, um, you know, Swansea are a club they're, they're capable of getting into the Premier League. It's been done before, and and the cycle will come round again for them. I you know do believe that. And, and and while they're, you know, it, it, in the championship, it will take. I think that there does need to be a turnaround in the squad to be a yeah. successful squad. To be a, you know, that, that there's there's some of those players who have to uh, uh, improve and and evolve. But they'll also need to be either, either players from from the academy or, or or players externally will have to come as well. Yeah. You know, to to make sure that they can get a, a side that's capable. I think of getting into the Premier. So I'm just curious then, I know um, I'll put you in a theoretical situation here and maybe it's a bit difficult to ask off the cuff, right? But I know you've said you see, you'd like to see the Swans a few times and you might not be as clued up to everything that's going on at the club at the moment. But if you were the guy that was stepping into that, that dugout now, into those shoes, where would you look at, at the squad? What do you think the area is that needs the most focus and improvement on at the moment? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of capable players. I do think at times you need more pace. Oh, that's that's we've said yeah. that so much, yeah. Yeah, I do think that there's a, there's there's pace, and it's hard getting the combination now of, of of players with pace, but you know have enough sort of understanding and product because you know invariably those those players their their goals and assists can be can be low. Yeah, um, but but even so, it does it does look like uh, you know pace pace can pace can help many many areas of of the pitch. It can help you transfer from attack to defence, it can help your recovery, it can certainly help you get behind defences and, and create the chances and the goals that that you guys need to you know to, to, to be able to win win on a regular basis. Yeah, no, definitely. Pace is something on the podcast we've been screaming for for a long time. We were speaking yep. the other day about Russell Martin and how he did out the Swans in you know the previous manager's tenure. I think his game plan and his style he could get away with not having the pace that we just spoke about uh, because of, of the slow build up, the patience. And I think maybe when Michael Duff maybe came unstuck a little bit was the fact that he wanted to change that a little bit, be a little bit more direct, um, but didn't have that that option to to maybe be have the pace in both defence and attack, as you just mentioned. So I think that is a very important thing uh, that we do need to focus on. Yeah. <laughs> The, you know the good Swansea sides that went up from the Championship and into the to to, to the Prem. You know you, you had the likes of Sinclair, people like that that could yeah. that go past two or three players. If you know if you wouldn't worry about one on one. You know even if you doubled up on him, it was it was difficult. You know, you know my sides played against Swansea during those times and they're, they passed the ball definitely. They passed the ball fantastically well. And, you know people like Alan Tate and could, could, could control the game. You know by then they were mature enough but also in the wide areas you know there were there were players that could take people out of the game one on one and as as, as much as, as as much as passing is important uh, you know being being able to in the right areas go past your man and break a line and, and yeah. as I said, you know Swansea at that time and when they're working through that that even if you doubled up on them they were capable of dropping their shoulder and going past 
both players. And it just opened up space for other players to score. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think um, oh, we we well, we really appreciate the the time you've given us coming on here. We've just got a few couple of uh, questions just to just to wrap up. Um, I know uh, obviously we've talked a lot about uh, about your time at, at the Swans, and we've talked a lot about uh, Swansea as a whole, really. And that's um, you know, it's part it's part of your story. It's, it's a chapter in in your book, if you like. So uh, we just want to ask if there are any uh, are there any other particular you know um, highlights from your managerial career. I know you had. Lots more successes, I and mean, you won the the Johnston Pink Trophy again. Or I know it changed name a few times. We won it again with Portsmouth and promotion with Wolves, and a you know successful career at Millwall as well. Is there any other particular highlights that you uh, that you like to talk about? Yeah, yeah. In terms of you know my my, my own career, you know Swansea got me established. You know me and my family because the children were young then. A fantastic place to spend some time and it's you know being, being able to go back now is yeah it's a great career in in, in you know in, in terms of uh, myself but that that was a great chapter in terms of myself and, and i'm very proud to have been the swansea manager when the connections in that area um uh, you know for, for, for the rest of your career you, you always want more but you know i'm proud yeah. of I'm proud of what I've achieved, and, and uh, you know, while you always want more and want to develop into different areas, as I do now, and, and still as hungry for success, I do, I do, I do think that football as a whole has been good to me and my and my family, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm privileged to have been in it. Um, yeah, and I know you said you don't necessarily see yourself perhaps going back to the dugout now with this experience of your new role. I was just wondering, did you ever get close to have any opportunities of touching at the Premier League? Was that something that maybe you wish you could have got to potentially? Yeah, I coached there for for two clubs. I yeah. was a coach at Watford, uh, assistant manager at Watford when we got in the Premier League, and then I was uh, uh, a coach at Man City for yeah. a, a short period of time. But didn't feel at either of those times that I would have got a um, a, a, a job managing in the Premier League. You know that that was yeah. that was where it was. So let's let's take the the, the Man City one, uh, and you know they were established at the time in the Premier League, uh, but then I went down into League One to to take Millwall to be a manager again. You yeah. know, and, that, and that's your balance quite often. Uh, um, you know, but I, I, I wouldn't change it necessarily. Um, I'd spent before I was a manager. I'd spent you know a, a, enough years coaching, and then by that time, you know, wanted to manage my own club. So. You know, was 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 very lucky to have to have options because quite often as well, you know, you, you can have maybe one or two jobs and uh, and then not get any get any more. So for myself and, and now in a new role, you know, different different roles have have come up and I've enjoyed every one from 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 being a, a player to a coach to to a head coach or manager if you like, and then you know now now coming onto the planning and recruitment side and and you know advising the board. Yeah. Play. I've got um I've I've got a I've got a I've got a big question for you, and uh, you were you were manager when um when we won the uh, the Johnson Paint Trophy and Trundle scored that amazing goal in that final, and then you were also manager for Millwall in the playoff final when Gary Alexander scored one of the best Wembley goals I've ever seen. So but the big question is which which one was better? <laughs> yeah, which yeah which one was better? To be honest, that that partnership of of Akinfenwa and Trundle at that time were very very good, and as I said, Bayo just got. Just got stopped by some some shin injuries that 
that held him up and, and, and hampered him and, you know, stopped that partnership, if you like. We tried to strengthen them with, you know, with other players. And just through that period, I, did, I didn't necessarily create the, uh, the dynamics again that, that, that those two had. So, you know, they, they, they were uh, instrumental for myself in terms of, of, of Bayo and Lee Trundle. So, you know, I, I would go for that period, really, because you know, it certainly put me on the map. No, that's that's fair enough. Um, I've got one more question as well, and maybe it's a tricky one, but I just want to know what is the highlight of over everything from your entire career um, in football? Does not not necessarily as a manager or coach, as a player, anything at all. What is the highlight of your time in football? Um, pr- probably playing for Wales with you know my mum and dad in, in in the you know in the stand. With, yeah, yeah, it was a it was a big one. Yeah, my debut for Wales definitely. Um, uh, playing at Wembley uh, England Wales as well was was a was a big one Uh, the amount of tickets I needed and the family I had at both games really was so uh, yeah yeah uh, being able to let's say break into you know it's only a a year or so a year or two in you know remember as a as a a kid going to watch games and you know then around about 18 19 where you play first team football and then 19, 20, you know, I was playing international football. So and that breakthrough was fantastic and something that uh, I'm very proud of. Yeah, and I'd imagine you'll cherish them caps as well for, for the rest of your life as well. Yeah, very much so. And, and you know, it was, um, uh, as I said, it was a great, great avenue and opportunity for me. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I've really enjoyed chatting to you, Kenny, and really appreciate you coming on. And I'm sure everyone that's been listening to the podcast so far um yeah, really, really interested in what you've had to say and will remember a very special time in their club's history. And uh, I'm sure, as Lee thanked you earlier, we're all grateful and we all thank you for what you did for Swansea as a club. Um, so if you've got anything, any final words you want to mention, anything about what we chatted that maybe you didn't feel you got to touch on? No, I've, I've enjoyed it. And, and you, know, you know, thinking back, and a lot, a lot of people there, a lot of very good memories. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a club that uh, is close to my heart and one I'll always follow as well so you know I've enjoyed talking about it and uh, yeah. you know, watch, watching how it develops now with, with, with the new appointment Yeah it will, it will definitely be interesting to see the direction we go now and hopefully we can turn it back around and go in the right right direction as well I'm sure it can um, I'm sure back in the yeah. Yeah, and I know I know how fond, as I mentioned, everyone was for your time. I was speaking to Kev Johns the other day on, on here as well, and he had a lot of memories about your period as well. So it just speaks volumes about the stint that you had at the club. And yeah, very much appreciate getting to chat to you about it today. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening to this stage. Me, myse- myself and Lee uh, will thank you all as always. And um, if you'd like to leave any questions or let us know about your favourite time, um, supporting the swans under kenny jackets rain let us know in the comments and uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see everyone's uh, thoughts and memories from that time of swansea city history obviously i'm you know featured in jack to a king dvd and there's, there's a lot of uh, stuff out there about about this period in swansea's history but it's always good to reflect on the positive eras and all the good times um, and on that note yeah we'll say goodbye so thank you very much lee and thank you very much kenny for coming to speak to us today Pleasure, Luke, Lee. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. And we shall see you in the next episode. Bye. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few dips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? 
are participating in restaurants. 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.